please tell us if you're nervous about the vaginal exam. There is lots of history, emotional and physical trauma. We will not do something that you are not comfortable with, right? So there is a lot of this conversation piece to pelvic floor assessment. If you become pregnant, then that's wonderful. And you can come see me as soon as you want. I'm really happy in the last years, lots of females are coming to see me preventatively because their girlfriends, their sisters, their girlfriend circle has told them about pelvic floor physiotherapy. And it's like, you know, get there as soon as you can. Hello there. Welcome to Baby Bumps to Littles podcast. We're grateful you're taking the time to hang out with us in a supportive space to talk about all things from pregnancy to babies and caring for the little ones up to age six. There are so many different stages and everything changes so fast. So much of parenting is about taking care of your family. And this is also for taking care of you and helping to bring joy into your life. Consider us your best friends. No topic is off limits. We have conversations with amazing guests and experts about all the things we need to know from navigating your new life postpartum to protecting your peace. This podcast is about all topics from the pregnancy through to the kindergarten stage, including the secret to a full night of sleep. Being a parent can be the most rewarding and beautiful experience, but is also super messy, stressful, overwhelming, and exhausting at times especially if you're sleep deprived. We're your friends and your community because we're on this journey together. It takes a village and we're here to remind you that we're never alone in parenting. We're with you through all the fields and to support you at every stage. Check out the Thriving Family Podcast where we handle topics for school-age kids and above. This podcast is made possible by amazing listeners like you and we provide new content on Wednesday every week. Follow us on Instagram at littles for daily reminders and fun ideas. Subscribe so you don't miss a beat, leave a review, and share it with someone who needs to hear it. Let's get started creating the life we want. Barbara and I had a great time chatting with Lucia Matheson about pelvic floor health and essentially how to not pee your pants, especially after you've had children. Lucia is a pelvic floor physiotherapist, and our first episode with her is linked in the show notes. Today, we're chatting with her specifically about you should take your daughters into a pelvic floor specialist and pregnancy and postpartum and all the really important things that we really need to know that no one really talks about, like when to exercise, when we can have sex and all the things in between. And next week on the podcast, she's going to be sharing how you do Kegels and perennial massages. I hope you enjoy and that you share it with anyone that you think would benefit, especially mamas and moms to be. I mean, you had said generally, you know, every couple of years, just go for, mm-hmm. for an mm-hmm. assessment, which is great. Yeah. Just generally, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, so let's start with kids. So at what age should I be saying to my kids, let's go for an assessment? I have daughters. Yeah, I have a daughter as well. And I'm kind of always kind of thinking about it. It's like, okay, how I potentially might pass her this information education. And I would say with the daughters, it starts with the painful period. So if your daughter is missing school because she cannot she has such a pain that she can go to school, something is wrong. I would be seeing a pelvic floor physiotherapist, again, with the communication with the family doctor. But again, I think potentially that's a first kind of a yellow flag where maybe let's start talking about pelvic floor, something kind of like that. So the painful periods, again, tend to be very much like just go to school, you know, take an Advil. There is something, again, some of us are built with maybe more tight, tensor pelvic floors. So the painful periods are always a big one that it affects very young females. And again, 
then those are the females that I would see in a pregnancy because more issues come up. And I would wish that those females would have access to pelvic floor as an 18-year-old, as a 16-year-old. I have had a 16-year-old. I might not do a vaginal exam because that might be not a comfortable thing for her, but to teach her how to breathe, to teach her about the muscles, again, have exactly this kind of a conversation plus minus we, I had with you guys could be a huge educational piece to her. Again, starting to being sexually active, starting to have intercourse. Sex should not hurt, right? So again, if that's an amazing, you know, conversation that you can have with your daughter, that pain is never okay and you should never just suck it up, seek up a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Again, I think maybe this is the topic that a family doctor will not do so much maybe for you. Please tell us if you're nervous about the vaginal exam, there is lots of history, emotional and physical trauma. We will not do something that you are not comfortable with, right? So there is a lot of this conversation piece to pelvic floor assessment. If you become pregnant, then that's wonderful. And you can come see me as soon as you want. I, I'm really happy in the last two years, lots of females are coming to see me preventatively because their girlfriends, their sisters, their girlfriend circle has told them about pelvic floor physiotherapy. And it's like, you know, get there as soon as you can. And I, and again, it's so much more kind of a, interesting conversation where we just chatting and sort of none of the pain symptoms are in a picture. It's just very dispreventative educational. So I have seen patients as of six weeks, general, the rule is kind of, we want you to be kind of after that first trimester, just because of the risk of miscarriage. So generally the rule is after 12 weeks, you can go see a pelvic floor physiotherapist, even if the pregnancy is busy and please even come a couple of days before your due date. It's never, never too late. Again, we can always chat again, closer to the due date, we'll absolutely chatting about the delivery, about the labor. Again, I feel like the more information I, I can give you, will feel more empowered. You will feel more in control. So that's kind of the pregnancy piece. Again, postpartum, the rule is please come see us anytime after six weeks. So you want to have that clearance of a medical doctor, you know, the bleeding, everything is under control, those kind of things. Anytime after six weeks. And then kind of as life happens. Do you ever give recommendations on, based on your assessments, when you should maybe start exercising or stop exercising as it relates to pregnancy postpartum? And same with intercourse, right? I mean, is there set rules for these things or? I don't think there are set rules. I think there is definitely, it's kind of the discussion, like, but in the pregnancy Again, I would probably never take the activity away from you generally in a pregnancy. If something hurts, patients will stop. But sometimes I might sort of really encourage you to start to modify. Sometimes as a runners, and I will say it as a crazy exercise for, for people because I love exercising, we can be pushing through, right? We could be like neglecting certain things. And I always kind of say in a pregnancy, nobody's going to give you the gold medal at the end of 40 weeks because you were able to exercise this whole time. Again, listen to the body scale down again as a runner and a person who loves to lift weights and sort of hates yoga a little bit I would be like oh my god prenatal yoga but I think everybody can feel better with prenatal yoga in a third trimester like I think there's great practices and try more things don't be discouraged by that one practitioner maybe that was not on the same page as you again like you said there's just so many types of yoga kind of out there so Listen to your body in a pregnancy. I think if you experience pain, discomfort, if you're not sleeping well at night, why would you go for 60 minutes walk if then you're going to suffer for two hours after? Go for 30 minutes. It's still a movement that's still beneficial to you. The same thing in a postpartum, right? Like I, I sometimes, lots of times, I think the biggest struggle is the postpartum because, you know, the pregnancy is done, you, your body can move, those kind of things. And we are so excited to 
get back to whatever we sort of had to scale down or sometimes we had to stop because of a pregnancy. But then I really want you to sort of think, when was the last time you have done the activity? Like, especially coming to the running or weightlifting, I have so many patients like, I want to lift weight six weeks. And I always, my question is, when was the last time you have done it? And many times it will be like, I have done it pre-pregnancy because the nauseousness, the sickness, the vomiting or the pain prevented me to continue this activity in a pregnancy. But then I have to say, you have not done something for nine months. You just can't jump into it, right? Like, again, we have to make the body stronger. And I think that's the big piece in a postpartum, like make yourself stronger, right? Like you can go running, you you can lift weights, like you need to start with sort of body weight exercises, you need to practice jumping if you want to tolerate running. So yeah, maybe that's kind of a conclusion. Okay, what about intercourse? Is that I mean, I know you're talking about painful, not painful. But I mean, again, one of those things where it's probably TMI, but orgasms were really good during pregnancy, right? And, yeah. Um, and then, you know, postpartum, I mean, I know there's like a bit of a wait period typically after, but, you know, are there any recommendations on that? Or is it kind of like you kind of just assess things as they go? I think the biggest thing in a, in terms of a intercourse pregnancy, it's like, touch it, take the mirror out and look at your vagina. Like, it's okay that it's changing in a prenatal, you know, it's carrying the baby. So it might be swollen, it might changing a little bit of colors. But I, I think it's again, like we expect this intercourse and we expect this orgasms, but then nobody looks at it and we like just uh, don't like kind of the look of it. So I think the biggest thing, especially postpartum is like, take the mirror out, look at it, touch it. Like I always say, you should be the most comfortable with your own touch, with your own finger, right? Like how do you potentially expect to have a pain-free intercourse where you even haven't gone kind of near it, right? So, and again, like I think intercourse, it includes your partner. So bring the partner into the picture. I think, again, we tend to think of the intercourse as just penetration, right? Like intercourse is so much more, especially I think if you think of the orgasm, we generally know that very small percentage of female can experience orgasm just from penetrative intercourse. So I think, again, it's like, hey, there is clitoris, there is stimulation, there is, you know, zones that are really pleasant for females. So I think we just need to a little bit also to get out of that penetration enrich our relationship with other things. I had a question about is diastasis because a lot of my friends had mm -hmm, a, mm -hmm. is that connected to the pelvic floor? Is that absolutely yeah okay. that is part of my diastasis. yeah that's a great question. Yeah that is part of my postpartum assessment to anybody. Uh so it is basically the assessment of your abdominal muscle of your abdominal wall where we're looking kind of for that softening. So if you have the softening, if you have the separation, we can measure it by the finger width that is a diastasis recti. I will say that every single postpartum client will have a diastasis recti because your abdominal muscles had to soften up, move out of the way to make a space for the baby. Again, everybody carries completely differently. So some people have a very minor diastasis. By the time I see them sometimes, by the time six to eight weeks postpartum, most of it is healed. So there is definitely patients who come and it appears sort of healed. But again, even if it appears healed, we want to strengthen, right? Like you think of it, your abdominal muscles sort of had to move out of the way for nine months. So despite them sort of appear to be healed and kind of be in the correct place, I think there is still great opportunity for strengthening kind of, and I always say strengthening, like I want you to think always lower abdominals. I think sometimes females are really obsessed kind of with the upper abdominals. And again, I think it's because we feel them better. If you feel something, you always feel like, great, I'm doing the right things, which I believe you're strengthening in the abdominal area. 
and it's a C-section, right? Like your abdominals have been cut. So you even your pathway, that brain muscle is even more interrupted. So really might require sort of a harder work to connect back to them is to reteach how to strengthen from the lower abdominal muscles. And would some of the same characteristics like lower back pain, mm-hmm. digestion and all that. Yes. yes. I know a couple of my friends afterwards, they, after giving birth, they would be, it was more of an exercise thing or they're like, my stomach's not flat. Mm-hmm. I can feel the difference between, but I think it is really common. And I, I wanted to bring that up because it's so it's mm-hmm. great that it can be healed and that you can yeah. think as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And again, some people might require a little bit more guidance by the physiotherapist. Um, again, there's wonderful female fitness trainers kind of out there with lots of the kind of experience. So, but it might require some, some training and going slow because exactly. And those are still separated. You're going to do more harm than if I want to maybe kind of jump into that too, we're talking the abdominal muscles. I love to use braces in pregnancies and postpartum. Sometimes I tend to think we get a little bit scared with braces. And I always say, why would you not take the support? Again, if it's feeling good, I think even in pregnancy, right? Like if you're experiencing like discomfort, the belly is heavy, like, I, but I like to still go for a walk, but I just sort of, you know, putting my hands underneath my belly, look into the braces. The braces are out there for you to help you, yeah. you know, uh, expand the load kind of a little bit, kind of a better. And I also say like the same braces can be used in a postpartum. Sometimes I tend to think like you truly leave the hospital at your yeah. weakest, like nothing is working, you delivered, and somebody gives you six to eight pound baby and the car seat and gives you this weight to carry at some point, right? So yeah. why not to use braces? Why not to use support? So I don't don't be afraid of them. They are not damaging your muscles. They are not creating dependency. There's wonderful products out there also for pregnancies and postpartum. I'm so glad you brought that up because having three C-sections at the hospital that I went to, I think it's on a hospital by hospital basis. I, they gave me a, you know, a, it's yes. like girdle, yeah. essentially yeah. a girdle and then you yeah. Velcro it, yeah. but it, it, it was my lifeline. It was how I moved people that had had C-sections mm-hmm. saying afterwards, they're like, wow, I'm impressed how well you, but I'm like, it's this cause it's holding everything together. So I yeah. don't have to. Yeah. And then a couple of my friends that also had C-sections, at their hospitals did they're like what are you talking about i never got that so mm-hmm. i mailed them mine because yeah. they they said it was a, a total life changer and yeah. so if people haven't heard of it yeah and and i think there was a company i don't know because i've been out of the world of having babies for a while i don't know if they still do it but it was like not the belly band or whatever but it there's was- a belly band definitely okay. that's a good one belly band is great and okay. i personally like to lose it's called the fit splint so okay. look it and up. Yeah. I like the wider, like it mm-hmm. really the wider, the really soft. There is nothing restrictive. Again, it's not a shape where we don't care how your tummy looks oh, like. Gosh. It's yeah. the support. It's to make you feel better. It's to be able to lift your baby, to cater to your toddler. So I swear by it. I wore it yeah. for at least six, I would say three to six weeks afterwards. And it, I don't care if you wear it till 16 weeks. Honestly, if that makes you oh, get your daily life done and cater to your kids, yeah. then you, you get to wear it. Well, and the other yeah. thing too about that is I am all about embracing your postpartum body a hundred percent, but I was really surprised after my first baby because I didn't realize, oh my gosh, your stomach doesn't go back to being you mm-hmm. know, flatter mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes. And so if you have a little vanity piece and I'm not going to lie, vain, sometimes, I don't know what to say to that. We but all have it. Just, Who doesn't want to look know, good, right? Admittedly, yeah. right. 
that was actually something that I found beneficial when I, when I did use yeah. one for postpartum. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, if, if, if you can get any support instead of you, you know, trying to suck it in or trying to engage your muscles, but you're also running around a toddler and a baby who's in a carrier. So there is that extra load on your body, support your own body, make yourself feel better, go for the walk. The walk should not feel sort of, you know, painful, uncomfortable, those kind of things. I love it because the, the baby weighs whatever, you know, seven to nine pounds. Exactly. Um, yeah. For very yeah. short term. And then you take the freaking car seat. That might be 50 pounds at that. It feels so heavy. And then you're trying to, you're like, are you kidding me? Kidding. And then yes. it's, I'm like, oh, this cannot be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you have the diaper bag. Like, yeah. There's millions yeah. of things that comes with it. Yeah. It's a hot mess. So wear yeah. the bands, people. Wear the bands. So Use good. Them. So good. <laughs> you are just awesome. Thank you for having me. I found this episode extremely informative. And I really think we dove into all of the things that we really need to know, especially during pregnancy and postpartum about pelvic floor health. My main takeaways were really when we should be going to see a pelvic floor specialist in the first place. I didn't realize that you could take teenage daughters and when it would be appropriate to do that just generally, but also the whole idea of the regular maintenance. But when you're pregnant, sort of the sooner the better type of approach, as well as postpartum, especially just to have the conversations to ensure that you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing to help prevent the problems later on. Because like I said, we've linked in the show notes to our first episode where we're talking about pelvic floor related symptoms from pain and discomfort to serious peeing of your pants, which of course is nice to avoid especially if it means just doing exercises where you're relaxing your muscles or strengthening your muscles, depending on what you need. And I'm really excited to be sharing another conversation with Lucia next week, specifically to talk about Kegels and perennial massages. Again, super important for pregnancy and postpartum. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you do share it with anyone you think. And the other thing that we've linked in the show notes for you is the link to Made for More. It's our live event that we'll be holding on June 13th. We cannot wait. We're going to be teaching a few really important things, how to help ensure our daily lives are changing from being in chaos to calm and getting to that space where we can actually think about what would be fun. Because we know so many women that are in a space where they know there's something more. They really just want to do something that lights them up. And we're here to help support that and help you hone in on that thing that you're interested in doing, whether it's changing up what your day-to-day -day looks like or starting a new fitness routine or making a career change. We're here to support you in taking those next steps. Because like Barbara always says, a path leads to a path. And we want you to wake up feeling energized and excited each day. And again, show up better for yourself as well as for your family. Doing that thing that lights you up is so important for that. So click on the link in the show notes, check it out and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. And I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Thank you again for joining us today. We know how many other things you could be doing and it means the world to us that you're here. We hope you always get something valuable from our podcast and that you feel supported. If you have a question for us about our content or anything else, please leave it in your review of this podcast, or you can send us an email or DM us on Instagram. We're here for you. So let us know what topics would be helpful and that you're interested in. You can join our membership by clicking on the link in the show notes. 
You are never alone in parenting, and we're here to support you at every stage. If you know anyone that would be inspired or supported by this podcast, please share it with them. We provide content every week, so please subscribe wherever you're listening from. If you leave a review, you'll have the opportunity to win a gift that we absolutely love. We're so excited about this giveaway. We only introduce brands to our community that align with our values. And Barbara and I both love the Now Tone Therapy System. This yoga for your mind is one of the most simple ways to relax, relieve stress and anxiety. The creators recommend listening twice a day for only three minutes to receive these benefits or to listen as often as you like. And if you buy them, there's a risk-free three-month trial period. What we like best about Now Tone Therapy System is that it's something everyone can make time for. My family likes to listen first thing in the morning and at the end of each day. It's the easiest and most relaxing path to mindfulness daily. We'll link to this amazing product in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.